What happens to your money after you die? Doing nothing at all can lead to a mess for your family left behind and cause more pain, drama, and grief. In this episode, find out what estate planning is and how to let your money live on long after you're gone. The Mental Health and Wealth Show, The Mental Health and Wealth Show, The Mental Health and Wealth Show. Welcome to the Mental Health and Wealth Show podcast. This is your host, Melanie Lockhart. My journey with money and mental health started in 2012 when I was depressed and anxious about my student loan debt. In 2013, I started my blog, Dear Debt, which chronicled my debt payoff journey and changed my life. I later published my book of the same name about how I paid off $81,000 in student loan debt. It was my time blogging that showed me that I wasn't alone in my mental health struggles around money and that my own mental health impacted how I related to money. My mission now is to help others feel less alone and tackle these difficult topics. As a disclaimer, I am not a mental health professional or a financial professional, and all content on the show should not be considered professional medical or financial advice. As a trigger warning, please note that content on the show may include sensitive topics around mental health and suicide. If you are in distress, please get in touch with a professional by texting HOME to 741-741. Thank you so much for being here, and if you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe and review on your favorite podcast platform and feel free to share episodes on social media and tag me at Melanie Lockhart. I would love to hear from you. This is Melanie Lockhart, host of the Mental Health and Wealth Show. Today, I'm interviewing Renee Fry, the co-founder and CEO of Gentreo, a next-generation financial estate planning web-enabled software solution. Fry, a Harvard Business School Rock 100 entrepreneur, graduated with honors from Pennsylvania State University and earned an MBA from Harvard Business School. She took her first career steps in the political sphere, having served in the Massachusetts government cabinet as head of business and technology under Mitt Romney. This background has given her the business savvy and inspiration needed to create a company to help the tens of millions of Americans who need help to prepare, plan, and protect all they love. She's a mentor at the University of Monterey and a member of the Forbes Finance Council. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So excited to chat with you about this super important topic. So I think a lot of people don't really know what estate planning is, or they might have ideas of what it is or think it's only for a certain population. So I'd love to hear from you exactly what is estate planning and why is it important? So spot on. Estate planning is for all of us. So estate planning, the way we think about it, is preparing all the documents that you need while you're alive and then after you pass away, and then information that you need to share with your family as well. And so it's really making sure that you are making decisions and others aren't making those decisions for you. So whether it's around money issues or maybe it's your health issues, it's making sure you have all the documents in place that you need so your decisions get made. Love that. Thank you so much for that clear definition. So you said estate planning is for everyone. So my next question was who should get an estate plan? So basically you're saying everybody. Yeah. So, so many people today, they, they hear the words estate planning and think that you must have to have three mansions, two cars, homes in six states to have an estate. But the truth is we all have an estate. So even if you own a car, 
that's part of an estate. If you have children, that's part of an estate. So it's something where people really have misconstrued the meaning and the idea because they think estate planning is only for the wealthy, but it really is for every single one of us. And so whether you own a home, you have aging parents, like there are so many reasons that we need to do estate planning. And this is where it doesn't matter about the age either, because if you're over 18 in the eyes of the courts here in the United States, you are an adult. And so you are responsible for making your decisions or assigning someone to make those decisions. And so I think over the past uh, couple of years with COVID, we've learned that parents really need to enable their young children, if they're over 18, to get the right types of documents in place so that they can assign them as healthcare representatives and things like that. And so this is where when people talk to me about estate planning, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that's all about death and everything's taken care of. We always start the conversation with, no, there's so much more that you need to know. So let us help you get going down the right path so that you're in charge of making your own decisions. I love that. So basically anyone over the age of 18 can benefit from having an estate plan. So even though the word estate seems to conjure up these images of big mansions and millions of dollars and lots of money, pretty much if you want to have a plan for where your money goes and what happens, you need an estate plan. Am I hearing that correctly? That's right. Yep. And add to that the health decisions too. So if you want to be able to make sure that everyone knows what your health decisions are, if you're in a state where you can't make them, or if you want to make sure that you're picking the person who makes decisions for you, it's that health part and the money part. Perfect. Thank you. So I'm curious, how can getting an estate plan benefit someone's financial and mental health? So first off, one of the statistics that I think is just so important to know is that if you lose someone and that person doesn't have an estate plan in place, three to 8% and sometimes even as much as 10% of the value of that estate is often lost to legal fees, court fees, and things like that. So while people may think that, oh, this was easy, it's my mom, I'm going to inherit things like that, all of a sudden with those statistics, it's a good wake-up call to understanding that hmm, gee, I should really make sure people are protecting themselves because otherwise I lose a lot of the value of the estate or whatever that might be. But then also the time frame where if you have documents in place, you can get things settled in just months or a month or two. Like my dad just passed away and it only took about a month to put everything, uh, get everything in order. Whereas other people can tell you stories where it takes two years, three years to be able to get the courts, get folks to make decisions for you and then get those assets, get everything in place. So it's not just about time saving, but really helping on the emotional side too. Because when you have to deal with all that, one, when someone, if we do ever lose someone or if someone's in a health crisis and you're helping make their decisions, you don't want to be dealing with all kinds of courts and lawyers and things like that, you want to be able to make sure that decisions have been made. And then it's really easy to find the information and to be able to give the folks who need that information, the right documents so that the decisions can be made that that person and the family chose. I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. I know that can be such an incredible loss. No. And I have to tell you, so thank you so much. My dad had Alzheimer's. And so along the way, he had seven strokes. And so oh. this is 
Yeah. So this is where people, when they think estate planning, <laughs> I'm not planning on dying tomorrow. Number one, no one is. But it was interesting because what we learned firsthand was that each time my dad had a stroke, my mom had to have his healthcare proxy because she was his decision maker. She had to have his medication list, his doctor's information, because he had about uh, anywhere seven or eight doctors and probably 12 medications that might go the other way. But one of the things that we tried to help her with was getting everything in order. And that's why for Gentrio, we added the instant access button when emergencies happen. You can just hit a button now and get those types of information because she needed his healthcare proxy every single time. She had to show them she was the healthcare proxy. And people say, oh, well, that's, you're, they're married. Does that really happen? And so today, because we live in such a litigious society, yep, it happened. She had to continuously present his healthcare proxy. And even when he was on about the seven strokes and they all knew her by then at the hospital, still presented, she still was requested to present all that documentation. So it's something in today's world you really do have to be prepared for. Wow, that was so illuminating. And I had no idea about that process. And hearing about the marriage stuff is actually... uh, very interesting to me because I had a, a question that I wanted to ask you for myself. Sure. Um, but um, interesting to hear about the marriage thing because I thought that that would bypass a lot of that, but it sounds like you still needed a lot of that paperwork in place. Yeah. And very few people understand that because that's one of the comments we get to is, oh, we're married. It's all okay. And unfortunately, that's not the case. <laughs> so one of the things it, it, that we tell people is that one, we each need our own healthcare proxy, or we each need uh, our own powers of attorney. And then also interesting, like on the wills and things like that, you have to make decisions around if someone, if you both pass right about the same time or who passes first. And so these crazy things that you don't anticipate having to make decisions around, but <laughs> the, the law puts it that you have to make some of those decisions. And so you want to make sure that you're again, making those decisions because otherwise they will get made for you by complete strangers. Oof. Yeah. And that is chilling. Um, so my question was, I personally am not very interested in the concept of legal institutional marriage. And I think probably a lot of people my age and younger are kind of moving towards that trend as we've seen, you know, fewer people are getting married these days. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about is how can unmarried couples who in their hearts, in their minds, they might think of this as a life partnership, but may not, you know, tie the knot with the government and sign papers, but they want to make sure that they're protected. And so can an estate plan kind of cover the legal gaps that are, you know, not included because they're not married, if that makes sense? Yeah, it makes good sense. And I have a lot of friends who are in that exact situation. And so what we we tell people comes down to is, who do you want to be able to make decisions for you? And that's while you're alive. So like the healthcare proxy or even powers of attorney, because sometimes today, like if you are in, uh, if, if you're not capacitated or you know, who do you want to be able to make those decisions for you? And so why in the past, well, in the past, it might've been something where it was that spouse. Now people are turning to documents like, okay, I have the power of attorney. I am the healthcare proxy. And then, especially after someone passes away, this is where you want to make sure you don't become (laughs) the stories that everyone talks about where uh, you don't have the right documentation in place. So your 
you know, your partner is left out somehow. Because what happens is, is when someone passes away and there's money, oftentimes it's unfortunate, but people come out of the woodwork. And so it's whether it's like, oh, you know, I have the right to that house or that was my mom's house and you guys weren't really married. But if you can put in the documentation and put in whether it's a will or trust and things like that, if you can put that down, that's something that the courts then have to be able to say, nope, this is what you wanted. And this is where you own that. And you are now bequeathing that to this person that you've chosen. And so that way it bypasses the spouse you know, requirement and things like that. But it really is saying, I want this to happen and I'm creating a legal document to make this happen. Great. So even if someone is not legally married, they can still kind Mm -hmm. of get some of those similar protections by being partners, but having this estate plan in place to say, this is what I want for my health. This is what I want with my money. And this is my life partner. Even though we're not married, they have this power for X, Y, Z, correct? Correct. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. I think that's so important. I remember when I was growing up, I have a family member who was previously married, got divorced, reconnected with a long lost love and, you know, didn't want to get married again. And so they were just together life partners for like 20 years. And there was a health crisis and the partner passed away and there were different issues on how they thought they should treat that care. And so my family member was kind of at odds with that person's family And Mm -hmm. who won out? The family, not the partner, because they weren't legally married. And so that was always kind of illuminating for me. And, you know, I don't necessarily want to get married. And so I'm like, how can I protect myself too? So (laughs) we could still have that covered, you know? I'm so glad you're bringing this up because somehow people, they send us emails or through Facebook and there are so many people living through situations like this. And this is where people always think estate planning is something you can do tomorrow or we'll wait. But I can tell you with the families and the stories that we hear, so many go down this path, right? Where there wasn't a proper document in place. So the people now are coming out of the woodwork to make decisions or they're trying to, if it's a death, trying to get assets that magically should belong to them. And so this is where we try to tell people like, look, now estate planning is affordable, right? We've made it affordable. It's easy to do. You have no excuses because if you find ways around not doing it, you're just creating lots of heartache and headache for any of your loved ones you leave behind. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I can imagine the stories that you hear. I mean, just hearing about that story in my own family, I was like, oh my gosh, you think people being together for 20 years would be enough that this is the partner (laughs) respect their wishes. But then it's like, no, they didn't have a legal document. They weren't legally married. So then the family's wishes were taken over precedent, you know, (laughs) over the partner. And so caused a lot of, you know, issues. No, stress and strain. And then sometimes too, if there is a divorce, the previous spouse is named as being able to make (laughs) or to get things. And so this is where a lot of times we we get emails from folks who are like, okay, but it's a little too late, right? Like this is where you really needed to do these things while people have decision-making abilities. And so you'll hear us say again and again, don't wait, don't wait. And this is one of the reasons for us at Gentrio, we work with people to make it 
really affordable to stay with them across their lives because our lives change. And so we do a lot with life inflection points. So for instance, like getting married, getting divorced, uh, having a new child, moving to a new state. Those are just a sample of some of the things that we try to help people with because those are reasons to update your documents, right? To make sure that you have the right person named who's making your healthcare decisions or your money decisions if you can't. And then also making sure that you have all your loved ones in one place together so that people know who you've considered. And then also in instances where you have family members, you can also say who you're choosing not to give things to. So it's one of those things that it's easy to do when you're just having a good day. But when crisis strikes, people are often too busy dealing with crises to think about now being able to do documents and make these type of decisions. So we tell everybody like, hey, is it a random Tuesday? It's a great day to do estate planning because you want to make the decisions at a time when you have a good mental capacity to be able to make really important decisions that are important to your family and really their mental health as well. And one of the stories I wanted to share was with, so my dad, when he was passing away, he passed away last year after, like I mentioned, seven strokes and battling Alzheimer's. But in his healthcare proxy, he had the do not resuscitate order. And so what a gift it ended up being because for the last two to three days of his life, he wasn't really with us and we knew his wishes and he made that while he was in good mental, good mental, physical health. He'd made his decisions. And so it was such a relief because with my sister, my mom and I, our brother, really us want, you're always guessing, right? You're always trying to be like, okay, is he going to, what's going to happen? How do we know? And since none of us can predict the future, we don't know, but we did know what his decisions were. And that was such a huge lift of a burden that just was enormous off my mom, off all of us. And so we know we did what he wanted and that just made us feel so much better. And even today, we're so grateful that he had made those decisions for us so that we didn't have to make them. Yeah, that is such a gift to know exactly how someone would like to go and what their medical orders are. Because yeah, when someone's incapacitated or not able to think clearly, having those decisions made ahead of time is so important. And I kind of want to wanted to reiterate something that you mentioned earlier, like it's so important for people to update these documents at any big life change, you know, Mm -hmm. I've talked about my nine year breakup on the podcast um, (laughs) before, and I had to update my beneficiaries, update my emergency contact. And after any kind of divorce or even a long-term partnership dissolution, you know, adding a child, you want to update all of those papers because yeah, when I realized, oh my gosh, my ex is still listed on here, I better, <laughs> you know, change right. that up, right? You you don't want assets going to someone that you're not even with anymore and you don't share a life with. And I've also heard horror stories of previous spouses getting stuff, previous mm-hmm. part of the family or, you know, different scenarios. Oh, yeah. No, this is where I totally agree with you. This is where we get, like I said, you get some of those emails and they're such sad stories, but when it happens, if people don't have the right things in place, there's not much you can do. So that's why we encourage people to like, do your estate plan, <laughs> get it done. And so, but I have to say kudos to you because right now only about 20% of Americans have done their estate plan. 
leaving 80% of all the people who are eligible unprotected and leaving their futures up to the courts. And so this is always mind boggling to me because I, I, I never get why people in the past, maybe it was too expensive, right? When it was thousands of dollars and things like that, that was a good reason to always think about, well, maybe tomorrow, or maybe when I have the spare money to do it. But now with it being somewhat like a hundred bucks, this is where it's, you have no reason not to do this because otherwise you're again, the three to 8% lost to courts and lawyers and things like that. But just also the pain that you're going to cause your family it's, there's no excuse to be waiting. There's really, I'm just going to repeat that. There's no excuse anymore to be waiting. And this is where I wish people would take that to heart because I can't tell you how many times um, the stories always go back to, well, we had planned this. We had planned this. We were going to do this. And no matter how much we wish we could change things, it's the had, wish, were. It's like, uh, but you didn't. So now you have to figure out how you're going to go deal with that situation. So if folks are listening to this podcast, you should really make sure that however you choose to do you know, a state plan, get to it and do it while you're healthy and it's easy to make decisions. And it only takes, you know, it takes maybe half an hour or something like that to get going and get documents done. It's so easy to do right now. There's no excuse to wait. I love that. Yeah. And I, I need to actually get a full estate plan, but I was just adding beneficiaries to my bank account. And, mm. but I definitely want to, you know, take these further steps, which is why I was asking you, because I want to make sure I'm protected as well in all other areas in my life and my, my relationship now. And, you know, but when people are having those big life changes, like it's so important to update things, especially like if you're going through a divorce or a breakup, because things can get contentious and you don't want something to happen where your ex is suddenly getting everything you've ever worked for when they are your like arch nemesis now. (laughs) Yes, it's true, right? It's so true. And this is people that's again, they always think there's tomorrow or something. It's like, no, no, no. You never know. (laughs) Exactly. Like take care of things now because sometimes the stories that we get like I don't know whether to cry sometimes or sometimes you just you're like oh come on really like because people should know better and it, it it's all walks of life like this is where people again as I started out with saying estate planning is for everyone but a lot of times we hear people say well I just didn't think I needed to make these decisions. I didn't think that I was someone that estate planning mattered for. So I almost wish I could rename estate planning because so many people, again, think it's for the wealthy. And we're like, nope, it's if you own anything, if you have a car, if you, <laughs> or if you're a parent, and that's not knowing for something, but if you're a parent and you want to be able to make decisions for folks, then this is a responsibility that you should take on and not just wait because others will make your decisions for you. It's just not people you know. Yeah, and that is truly frightening. So I actually probably should have done this before, but we'll do it now. Um, can you break down what the terms healthcare proxy, power of attorney, and probate mean? Yep. So starting with healthcare proxy. So a healthcare proxy is a document that you basically choose someone to make your healthcare decisions if you can't make them. And too often in the past, people always thought, well, that's the person who pulls the plug. And I would say that one thing we've learned in all that we've gone through with COVID and all these things, it's not necessarily just pulling the plug. A healthcare proxy is whenever you can't make any decisions. And so if you're 
of course, in a coma or something like that. But if you're somehow incapacitated, that person can make decisions for you around all kinds of different things related to health. Like, do you want that surgery? Do you want uh, this medication? Do you want this? Whatever you enable that person to do decision-wise is what they can do. And that's where we try to encourage people to understand that their healthcare proxy needs to know what their decisions are too, because uh, while it's not death, sometimes pulling that plug does come up. And so that's where letting people understand what your decisions are that's an important part because if you're, we actually had to change some of our own healthcare proxies because at the start of COVID, I think all of us had chosen pull the plug, get it over with, get it done. But then with COVID, we all were like, okay, yeah, no, no, no. We want that. We want those ventilators. And here in Massachusetts, we were hearing that the people getting the ventilators and things were the ones with healthcare proxies because other folks were waiting five days to get before oh, a judge wow. to get these oh decisions made. Gosh. Right. And so this is where we're like, oh man. So we all changed our healthcare proxies and said, okay, in the relationship to COVID, we want the ventilators. We, we choose ventilators. And so this is where the healthcare proxy, people often just kind of push it aside and they're like, oh, it's not important. It's just if you know, I want someone to end my life. And after COVID, we've all learned that, nope, that's not it. It is something you should treat as a very active document. And you're giving people the power to you know, help you get life-sustaining measures. And with something like COVID, unfortunately not stopping yet, that's a good thing to have and, and make sure the person who's you, you've named as your healthcare proxy has that document as well so you can get it to the right professionals when it's needed. So that's the healthcare proxy. So, and that's also called uh, power of attorney for healthcare. So if anyone asks, okay, is that the same document? Those are the same documents. They just have different names in different states sometimes, but they are the same thing. And then for the power of attorney, the power of attorney, that relates to the finances. So that's where there are a couple different types of powers of attorney that can be limited in duration. Like you can say, I'm just going to give you the ability to manage this. Well, maybe I'm having this surgery and I'm undergoing this and you can put a limited power or if you're maybe traveling in the mountains of Afghanistan or something like that, you can give people power of attorney. But then also there are, there is power of attorney that can covers more and it covers indefinite period of time until you pass the time until you pass away. And so that uh, power of attorney covers a lot of the same things, but it's, and, and this is where you can limit these. You can make them as much as you want to, but most times it's around financial decisions. And so in certain cases, like it could be as much as someone chooses to sell your home, right? So this is where anything kind of going down that um, the side of money. And so this is why it is an incredibly powerful document. And this is where you hear about people like Britney Spears and other folks. And, you know, when you grant people powers of attorney, you really have to be very careful because you're giving them the authority to be able to really choose where your money goes and how that money is treated. So it's a very powerful document. And then probate. Uh, probate, probate is the process of what happens after one passes away and all, everything is settled. So for instance, like um, if you don't have a will, probate's a lot longer. And so probate can take two years, two and a half years, because all the decisions that you might've put into a will, like who gets the home, bank accounts, you know, money market accounts, things like that. Now the court has to make those decisions. So that's what probate does. But in other instances, 
where you, if you have all the correct documentation and put everything together, the court's basically just giving you a stamp of approval and saying, yep, looks good. It's all legitimate. Go forward and the decisions have already been made. So for instance, like my dad, uh, we had taken care of everything. So probate only took a month where it was just as easy as them saying, okay, yep, rubber stamp, everything's in place. And so we didn't have to engage with new lawyers. We didn't have to really do much of anything. It was just the kind of the processing and them saying everything is uh, on the up and up and go ahead and go forward. But there are other folks I know, like one of the folks that works for us, um, he's got a, it's his, his dad passed away. And then there's some stepmother, I, it, things, he didn't have the right documents. They can't find things. Things were lost and Canada. And so it's been going on now for three years and they've still are missing paperwork. They can't find accounts and the arguments are still abounding amongst family members over who gets what, who's responsible for what. And so it becomes a very tricky and unfortunately long, expensive process. That sounds so difficult. And I mean, Definitely one reason to get an estate plan is to hopefully, yeah, wrap everything up in just a month's time. Because when you're dealing with such a loss like that, it's hard to just function in general. Mm -hmm. And then to add all of that stress for years, like I can imagine that that can impede the healing process and the moving on process when that is a layer of stress that is in the background for years after the fact. Right. I, I totally agree with you. This is where, again, we people send us messages and things. And it's really, it's sad if they're still going through things like that, if the probate process is long, because it often ends in tearing families apart. And people always think, well, that's not going to happen to me. It won't happen to my family. And I wish I could tell more people, yes, yes, it will. Because anytime money or relationships are involved, those are precious assets you want to make sure that you're really taken care of like if you love and respect people you want to make sure that people are making those decisions for them because the situations that evolve just really they're they're usually not friendly paying off debt can have a huge impact on your money and your mental health if you're trying to pay off debt right now you can check out my book dear debt and figure out how i paid off $81,000 in student loan debt You can purchase it on Amazon or request it at your local library. You can also pay what you want for my How to Pay Off Debt workshop slides at deardebt.com forward slash shop. That sounds so difficult and tricky. So I wanted to ask you a question. You know, if someone has a mental health issue and they require a caregiver, what can people do to make sure that that person is taken care of when they pass? Yeah. So in that instance, if someone needs a caregiver or something, that's where, and we have lots of blogs and there's information that covers these things, but you can do things to leave assets in a will or maybe a trust. And it it depends on what type of situation you want to set up for folks, but that's where, and again, you want to make sure you get to read and make these decisions. And even if you are going to go talk to a lawyer, get a chance to read up on what you're going to be looking at and what your options might be, because what you want to do is really make sure that 
you're setting up people who have, you know, the person's interest in their heart, right? And so you want to make sure you're picking the right people, naming those people that can help with anything around care, and then making sure that the money that you're leaving to those people is managed by individuals or organizations that you trust and you know that are not going to be taking crazy types of fees off of things. Uh, but it's really one of those things where the more you set up, the more you get down in writing, it's most likely that you're going to be better off because then people know you want that person cared for and you've dedicated the resources to enable that care. Perfect. Thank you. So I know we touched on this a little bit earlier, but what are some situations you've seen when people don't have an estate plan? Like I know you've probably seen a lot of horror stories, um, if you feel comfortable. Yeah, no, no and, and, and these are some personal stories too, but this is where um, a lot comes down to uh, children. Unfortunately, if you aren't protected and you haven't left things to children, especially because now we have blended families, right? You're leaving a lot up to the courts to decide who's getting what and who's being taken care of. And so that's the one thing where I will tell you is that people, if they do have children, they really need to be making those decisions because you want to make sure that each child is protected, how that child needs to be protected. Like if you had children with, uh, if you married and that maybe your spouse already had two children from a previous marriage, and now you have a child with that new spouse, does that child maybe need a, big, a bigger percentage of what you'd be leaving to the children. And when you don't do that, and then the courts decide that's how kids that grew up together may have loved each other a lot, but then the courts are now making choices for them that end up oftentimes turning them against each other. And so that's where a lot of times you'll find one child who's had an issue or doesn't think they're treated fairly. And that poisons the relationship for the family going forward. And so it's not only dealing with the loss of a parental unit, but then all of a sudden a potential loss of you know who you've known as siblings. And so that's some of the emails and things that in the past month or two that uh, got a couple of those because it just, it, they're sad situations and it makes it so hard. And then I think you mentioned it's the healthcare proxy one where people are trying to make decisions and decide for folks on whether or not, you know, the the person wants to continue on with artificial, whatever it is, but from the medical side. And so families often have very differing opinions. And so what we found there too is that even when there is a healthcare proxy and a person said, let my healthcare agent decide, that sometimes then creates an issue too, because the person decides, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying, where other people may have a different opinion. And so this is where when people can make decisions or give people very clear direction as to this is what I want, this is how I've stated it, those are things that really can help because otherwise um, everyone's left guessing or trying to guess. And so you just want to make sure who's the person who was put in charge and what information does that person have that, the, that they were given so they can make the best decisions. And so this is where... I would say those are some of the ones that recently have been big. And then again, we get a number of things where people are trying to deal with things after people have passed away already and they don't have a will, they don't have the right documents. And those I think are probably the saddest ones because then that's where people 
lawyer up, right? They all get their lawyers going and it takes so much time and just energy and effort. And so they're always wondering what can I do or what this is what this is what this person would have wanted. And then unfortunately, of course, we're like, well, if there's no documentation or if they ever put that down, then unfortunately that's left up to the courts to decide. And it's those situations too that I think really are just, they're so unfortunate because people could have avoided all that by spending a half hour of their time just writing things down and getting the proper notarization or signatures, whatever that might be. And so I think at the end of the day, like there's very few happy stories (laughs) that come out of not having documents. Uh, I actually never heard any happy stories. Uh, Usually it's only the sad stories of the families arguing, being torn apart or losing a lot of money and trying to figure out how they're going to pay for things to close estates and things like that. And so it's really never the positive things. Whereas like our story for our dad only taking a month and us knowing his wishes and feeling good about that, that was because he had made his decisions beforehand and had all the documentation. And that's something where, he was able to really give us, it was, it sounds cheesy, but it was really a gift because it was one of the hardest times in our lives that we've ever had to deal with. But he'd already pretty much taken care of so many things for us that it truly was a gift. And as my mom, now she moved to a new state, we had to get her set up again, put everything back in place. But she knew exactly what she had to do, Put and really wanted to make sure that all the state planning stuff was taken care of for us and put that in there. So she worked with us to update her documents, put things together. And that just really made us like feel safe and secure knowing that she's done a really great job of taking care of all the choices that she wants made. Yeah, that's so heartbreaking to hear how much things can change. And just to reiterate, money and death change people. Like they, they really, really do. I mean, just give an example of like when someone wins the lottery, even though no one's died, they've come into a lot of money. (laughs) Suddenly people come into, you know, the woodwork, like, Hey, we're friends. Hey, (laughs) people are always like, don't tell people if you win the lottery. And I mean, Oh no. And this is where, (laughs) so when someone passes away, this is, it's almost creepy to be honest with you, but they'll start getting notes from, you know, people, lawyer, whatever, legal, it, it depends, but we want to help you. We'll help you close this or, Hey, you better settle this. And so our um, chief technology officer, his grandmother passed away, didn't have a will, didn't have anything because she didn't think she was worth anything. And his mother was so inundated by people calling her, people hounding her that he had to pay $10,000 to close his grandmother's $5,000 estate because so many people were chasing down his mother saying, well, you have to do this. You have to do this. You have to take care of this. You have to do this. And it was at a time when emotionally she was under so much distress, very sad. It was just this horrible thing. And then to have all these people hunting her down because they'd read the death notice or something in the paper. And you really just can't even imagine what people are willing to do, but that's where she had gotten so scared. And at a time she should have been mourning. And instead she was being just you know, driven. It, oh, it was so sad. So he took care of everything for her. But then when you hear he paid $10,000 to settle 5,000 bucks, like, yeah, she's really lucky. She had a son who was able to afford that, but it was something that he, he still, you know, it's one of the reasons he joined Entrio too, so that we can help fix it for more people. 
holy crap that is horrifying right? and like oh my gosh i can't imagine so yeah this is just another example of people coming out of the woodwork trying to get their cut and it's like yeah you want to have things in writing because money and death affect <laughs> people differently change people and change relationships and yeah. yeah, that sounds like a nightmare. So definitely do what you need to do to get protections in place. Um, so I saw on your site that you guys also take care of things related to pets. So, you know, I think a lot of millennials and Gen Z are more pet parents and, mm -hmm. you know, opting out of becoming biological parents. So what can people do in that regard? And what does it mean? How does it work? Okay, so pets, that's a huge part of what we do. We have a pet trust, the pet power attorney. And okay, pets are like children. Like my husband and I, before we had our son, uh, we got our dog Butter. And so Butter is now 12 and a half and our son is 10. But one of the things that people don't understand is that because pets can't make their own decisions, the courts treat them as a thing. So for as much as we're all like, wait, 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 Butter's part of the family. You need to set up the right documents to, to be able to protect your pets. And so some of the things that we've helped people do is like, for instance, um, a pet power of attorney. So my friend, unfortunate, uh, it was unfortunate. He was babysitting a dog and the dog got really sick and had to be put down. But because he wasn't the person who owned the pet, he couldn't make any of the decisions. And the woman was traveling in Europe and they couldn't find her. And this oh. poor pet, he was so, uh, so sad, suffering and it was so bad. But, and the vet kept saying, we just need to find his owner. She needs to, she needs to approve this. I can't let you do this. And so it was so horrible just what this poor dog went through. And so it wasn't until like two days later, she called in and was able to you know, allow the pet to be put down because the poor guy was in so much pain. And that's why a pet power of attorney is so important because when someone's watching your pet that isn't you and not the owner, that person can make decisions and you can limit up to the amount of financial decisions they're able to make as well. Like one of my friends, his dog's stomach flipped and he was in the armed forces and they couldn't find him. And the vet didn't want to do the surgery because it was a $7,000 surgery. And it was his girlfriend at the time. And the vet said, until you can find him, I'm not doing the surgery because I want to make sure that you're able to pay. And so that's one of those things where they had to go find him in the mountains of wherever. And he was able to say, yes, please save my dog. I will pay, save my dog. But when time matters, those decisions are something that you don't want to be left up to, whether or not you can hunt someone down. If someone's babysitting your dog, you want to be able to make sure you've enabled that person to say, yep, I have the legal authority to make this decision. You will get paid and it's taken care of. Do the surgery. And so we can't underestimate that because this is where people are like, oh, I'll never need that or my bed will believe me. No, no, no. <laughs> we live in a world where people want to make sure they're getting paid. And so we really try to encourage people to get that documentation done so that there are no questions that really have to be asked. And then on the pet trust part, the reason we do that too is that um, a lot of people like Betty White, I think you heard she left her money, I think to her cats, things like that. If you do want to leave money to your pet, this is how you can do this. And you can name the person who you want to set up and how you uh, to be able to care for your pet and then what they should include in that care and what you've given them money to be able to do. 
And so it's a really great document for just saying how you want that pet to be taken care of and then what you expect of your caregiver or the person who you're granting the money to, to be able to take care of your pet. And again, you can leave your pets in your wills as well and leave it to a person that you want to. And I think that that is a hugely important thing to do because so many pets end up in shelters when someone passes away. The number, it's, 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 it's in the millions. It's, it's so sad. There's a group that keeps some of the statistics on that. And it's millions of pets are put down each year because their owners can no longer take care of them or their owners pass away. They end up going to a shelter and get put down. And so really making sure that you understand you are in charge of picking someone to take care of your pet if you're no longer with us and accepting that responsibility because while people seem nice, you really need to make sure that you're having the discussions, you're getting people to agree with you that, yep, they are going to be the caretaker. They're going to you know, be that pet's parent. But if something happens to you because uh, otherwise you know, pets, they can't talk, right? So they're left to fend for themselves. So that's why we do a big part of pets because one, we're huge pet lovers and pretty much everyone on our team has a pet of some sort, cats, dogs, um, uh, hamsters. We got a few hamsters and lizards in there too. But it's one of those things where we're really passionate about making sure that our animals get the care that we know they need and that when we brought them into our lives, they became part of the family. And so how do you protect them as part of the family? And this is why estate planning for the pets is so critical. I love that because I'm a cat mom to two baby kitties. Well, they're not quite babies right now. They're like just turned five. Um, But Miles and Thelonious are my little babies and the joys of my life. So when I saw that, I was very intrigued and I was like, oh, I got to look into that because... I definitely want to keep my babies protected and out of any shelters should something happen to me. So that's such a wonderful service you guys offer. Yeah. And it's one of the things where um, we try to have fun, like at dinner parties were lots of fun, right? We talk about estate planning stuff, but like we get going on the pets and we're like, hmm, who would butter choose? Butter's our uh, Britney's little <laughs> mix. And, and it's this funny conversation because we're like, well, I get better treats or but like, well, maybe she can go to my mom because she has to figure a yard. And it ends up becoming these crazy discussions that, you know, are based in reality of what you have to do to make some of these choices. But by the time we're done, you know, the dogs always end up leading better lives than any of us ever did anyway um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> right Aaron you're through the cats love that so what documents do people need to get started and how can they get started with an estate plan yep so one of the things I would do is so for gentry is g-e-n-t-r-e-o dot com and for us that means three generations because lots of folks have something like I'm we have our 77 year old mom I have a 10 year old son myself so that's why gentrio because we want to help you not just with your documents, but we do the digital vault and things to help you save. And then anybody you want to share documents with, they get a free membership to be able to access any document or information that you may have saved with them too. And so this is where we help people walk through what their choices are, because really it is about choices of what you want to protect, what choices you want to make in regarding everything from the healthcare proxy to the power of attorney to it's a will or maybe a living trust. And so some of the basic ones that, you know, everyone can make their own decisions, but I personally, for myself, healthcare proxy, um, I've granted my husband power of attorney and then 
I have a will. And so those are the three basic ones that, that for me and what I wanted to take care of. And then uh, butter. <laughs> when we go away, butter has a pet power of attorney that, uh, like, for instance, over Christmas, we traveled. And so we had folks living in our house to take care of butter. And so we gave them the pet power of attorney for the two week period that um, just and we weren't gone for the whole two weeks. But just in case we got delayed or somewhere, we extended it for two weeks. So that's that's a document that I definitely use because if she's in the care of someone else, especially because she's 12 and a half now, I want to make sure that she gets the proper care. So those are documents that I use, but other people, and this is where we go through surveys with folks to help them figure out what their decisions are and how they can choose what's right for them. But it comes down to, you know, do you have children? Do you, what type of assets do you have? What are your goals? And so making, making, everyone able to make their choices for themselves is something that we work really hard on because you need to have the documents that are correct for your situation. Love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate your time and sharing all this wonderful information. So if people wanted to get an estate plan and work with you, how can they contact you and get started? Yeah. So thanks for, um, and thanks for today. This has been great. So Gentrio is G-E-N-T-R-E-O.com. And so what they do is they go to, it says for individuals. We do a lot with businesses too, We because we're a benefit through businesses and we do some partnerships with credit unions and banks. But if you're an individual, you just come right on the site and then you're able to register and it's $100 for the first year. And then after that year, it's only $50 every other year after that. And the reason we try to encourage people to continue with us is that every two years, you need to update your healthcare proxy. Every two years, you need to update your power of attorney because when you go to use that at a hospital or um, the power of attorney on the financial side, like banks and things like that, they want to make sure everything is always up to date. So for $100, like you can do your living trust, you can do your healthcare proxy, you can do your will, all the documents are included. And this is where other teams charge, other groups, companies charge a whole bunch more. But our goal really is to make sure that people understand we want to be with them through all those life inflection points that we talked about, because we know that life changes. And that means your documents need to be updated, need to be changed. And so it's one of those things where you want someone who wants to be your partner in making sure you have the right tools and documents to go with you and to grow with you across your life. And so that's why with Gentrio, you're able to create those documents. You can save those in your vault as well as other documents, information, whatever you like. We help walk everybody through like what type of things would you like to save? And then you get to share any or all of that information with your loved ones. And so that's a big differentiator for us because when emergencies happen, we created something called the instant access button. And so now you just can hit that button and you get the ability to send someone like the healthcare proxy, the medication list, the doctor's information. Because again, that was something we learned with my dad going through seven strokes and each time my mom in tears, rightfully so, being so upset, but not having and all the information that she needed and being able to access. So some of the things we encourage people to do is come in, get started, get some of the documents going, you know, get that going. And you have plenty, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, but there's plenty of time to go back in and fill out the details, but let's just get you started. And then we'll get you down the right path of being able to protect all that you love. Love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, and thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to the Mental Health and Wealth Show. Want more content and support? 
Sign up for the Mental Hump newsletter and get our free mental health and money inventory worksheet. You can sign up at mentalhealthandwealth.com and also check out our other blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, we host a mental health and wealth hangout every other Thursday over Zoom at 5 p.m. Pacific to chat about all things money and mental health. If you'd like to support the podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a review. And you can also support me at ko-fi.com forward slash Melanie Lockhart. And lastly, I want to remind you to do something for yourself to take care of your mental health and wealth.